This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hey, dog lovers. This is Have Dog Will Travel. I'm Josh Henry. And I am Christy Henry. Yes, you heard that right. I am now Christy Henry. Yep. How did that happen? I locked that thing down. <laughs> That's right. Yep, we have a little bit of news to share since our last episode. Yeah, this is, well, this is our first Happy New Year. I don't know if the statute of limitations on saying Happy New Year is probably long eh, since expired fine. by now, no, but this fine. is our first podcast of 2020. So Happy New Year to you all. If anyone was concerned whether or not we survived the great road trip with four dogs that we talked about in the last episode, we did. And yes, in addition to that, I made Christy my wife. <laughs> so needless to say, we've been busy. Yeah, but we're back. Been a lot going on. We've got a very exciting episode lined up for you. Probably the most common question that we get since we started the podcast is, what if I want to fly with my dog? And it's not a very easily answered question, but we have uh, Tom Tilson, who is a former pilot and currently works for the FAA, who's going to be joining us via Skype. And he's going to talk to us about traveling with your dog. He's traveled extensively with his dogs and, of course, between his many, many years in the uh, airline industry knows quite a bit about the subject. So that being said, let's see if we can get him on the line and we'll get going. And okay, we are here with Tom Tilson. How are you doing tonight, Tom? Hey guys, I am excellent. Wonderful. I just Good. got through chasing my dog around the neighborhood because she got out the front door. Oh no! <laughs> Good timing on that. I'm all out of breath from, from chasing my uh, six-month-old uh, Ken A. Corso, Bella, Luna, uh, uh, she ran across the street into the neighbor's uh, uh, yard. Uh, there's a great Dane puppy across the street that she's in love with. So they were up Aww. there. So I was yeah, running around in my stocking feet in the neighborhood about five minutes ago. So good timing, <laughs> good timing on the call. She just wanted a play date. She did. She did. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least you, you sound like you're at least you're having weather where you can do that. If, if Stella ran out here, I would just have to wait for her to come back. It's, it's <laughs> rainy and muddy and terrible here right now. Yeah, oddly enough, I'm in I'm in Oklahoma City and um, I've only been here for two and a half years and I'm a Pacific Northwesterner from uh, Seattle. Most I'm an Alaskan, really, and uh, never lived in the Midwest before. But uh, we have had an amazingly nice winter here, believe it or not. We we've been watching all of the the hundred year storms blow by us and hit everybody else. So yeah, it was oh, wow. kind of weather today where I could run around outside in my stocking feet. So <laughs> <laughs> sounds lovely. Yeah. <laughs> I got snowed in once. I, I'm not going to, I don't want to go into why I was there and what I was doing, but I was in Oklahoma city once and I got, oh. I got caught in a snow and ice storm and got stranded there for a couple of days. Yeah. It, it, uh, well, let me tell you about that because we have three, you know, a lot of it, Oklahoma is a vastly underrated state. Let me tell you, it's a, uh, it's a gorgeous state. It, we have 300 years. Of, we have 300 days of sunshine here a year. Only wow. Florida, I'm told. So regardless of all the rumors about Dorothy and the tornadoes and all this other stuff, <laughs> it's really nice weather here generally. And so what happens is, is the joke was, for instance, just uh, two weeks ago, we had a snow day here. Uh, I work for the federal government. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But we, uh, we, uh, my center where I work was shut down for the day. Uh, they had record snowfall here, like a nine-year record snowfall overnight. And they had four to five inches of snow here. And that wow. shut the city down for for three days. And and the joke, my secretary work told me, she goes, she goes, well, that's because they never know if the snowplow is going to start or not. 
so they, they yeah they they struggle with snow removal here because it's never been a thing so if they do get any snow here at all you're doomed so, well that sounds like atlanta yeah. when we had snowmageddon like, yeah everyone totally shut down relate to that. they get one inch of snow and then boom it's it's gone yep. so, anyway uh, i should i add um i think we'll, we might talk about it in the intro but we're on a skype call so there might be a little bit of a delay um just so that listeners are aware but Anyway, uh, so Tom, tell us, tell us and our listeners a little bit about who you are and uh, your background. Well, I tell you, I am a, uh, oh my gosh, I, like I've already, ident- I, I, I self-identify as, uh, as an Alaskan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm a 60-ish year old guy that's been pretty much in aviation his whole life. Uh, my, my father was a World War II uh, pilot, uh, Navy pilot, uh, also born in Alaska. So I'm um, third generation uh, from from the and uh, essentially I'm a Pacific Northwesterner, except for the short time I've been here in the Midwest. Uh, I've lived almost exclusively uh, on the West Coast, uh, either Alaska, Washington State or Oregon. And uh, so I uh, I retired from a 40 year aviation career uh, in I should say flying career in 2014. I flew. I started out like my father flying what's re- rural small aircraft in alaska commonly called bush aircraft bush flying um well, that's not a term we really use but um anyway I, so float planes and that kind of stuff in southeast alaska i was born in ketchikan raised in Juneau, and uh grew up around airplanes my whole life so uh it was kind of a with a short stint in college uh getting my degree in broadcast journalism whatever that was about um i i've been essentially a pilot since i was about uh 14 years old so, um, so yeah, so I uh, flew uh, for uh, domestically, mostly uh, some international flying in Alaska as a bush pilot. And then in the 80s, I uh, transitioned over to the airlines. Um, I got a job with a, uh, a, a regional carrier out of uh, Seattle, Washington called Horizon Airlines. Some of you guys might know that. Mm-hmm. And then from there, transitioned uh, up into a larger Seattle-based carrier. Um, and I did that. Pretty much uh, became a manager pilot and did that pretty much until 2014 when the uh, Federal Aviation Administration approached me uh, to do some uh, specialized prototyping concept, conceptual work uh, in Alaska. So I took that as an opportunity to retire, go up and see my mom who was still in Juneau and alive at the time. Um, And then, uh, yeah, so I I retired early in 2014 and started a uh, what will probably be about a 10 or 12 year federal career with the Federal Aviation Administration as an aviation safety inspector. Okay. So I'm a, I'm a guy that uh, uh, I was a field guy for a while, kind of walking around with a badge, uh, making sure everyone was doing their thing. And then uh, about two years ago, the, the FAA maintains a training academy here in Oklahoma City. Uh, and they approached me to come down here to Oklahoma City and actually teach new hire aviation safety inspectors how to be aviation safety inspectors so so that's that's what i'm doing in oklahoma city now i'll be here for probably about five more years until i retire retire wow. so so a wow. whole lot of experience in the uh, airline industry a massive dog guy <laughs> well and, that was the next question, and that's why you're our guy yeah. for this episode <laughs> that's what we're let's having be honest <laughs> yes yeah. yeah flying and dogs that's my thing so uh so yeah i've been uh, an active uh active uh, dog uh, enthusiast for 30 some years and uh, almost exclusively hounds um, specifically the red bone coonhound kind uh, uh, you know where the red fern grows and all that mm-hmm. so uh, 
I, uh, yeah. So, and uh, one of my two boys, uh, Kingsley, is, 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 was the active flyer in the group. I had pilot, oddly enough, I had a Redbone Kunal named pilot, and then I had a, a, another dog named Kingsley. Kingsley did a lot of airline flying. So, um, I'm uh, I'm pretty pretty familiar from a consumer side of this um, how the how the how the moving the dog by air thing works and then of course uh, as a professional uh, industry guy um, I was uh, had a lot of experience on dealing with uh, with hauling dogs on our airlines on our airlines and the various carriers that I worked for so that's kind of I think why I'm here actually yeah that's uh, yeah. awesome and and I have to say that. That's the number one question we get, and we've been trying to find the perfect person, and you are that perfect person because <laughs> well, we get well, we get the same question over and over. When are yeah. you guys going to talk about flying yeah. with your dog? Because we need to know how to do well, this. And, and to be fair, it's a complex it's a complex topic, and one that it one that uh, has been in the news a lot in the last five years. Um, so so yeah, it's good to it's good to know. But you know what? The, the wonderful thing about it is. is um, You'll get you. Uh, while I was kind of prepping for the podcast here tonight, I've been going through some websites and stuff. And there's some folks out there that just genuinely give the advice of don't fly your dog. And mm-hmm. and I don't I don't agree with that. I, I my my boys were hundred pound hounds, and I got those guys on and off airlines just fine. Um, I think Kingsley probably was in the belly of a jetliner five or six times, uh, and he was 15, 16 years old. I flew him here actually to Oklahoma City from Seattle uh, just a year and a half before he passed away. He was an elderly, he was an elderly 15 year old red bone and, and, and he did great. You know, so it's just, it's like anything in life. It's the amount of, it's the amount of preparation that you put into it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, 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 you know, it would be crazy for anybody anywhere to take their family member, their fur family member and, and then just put them in a suitcase and send them off on some mode of transportation. You didn't know anything about. So what you wouldn't do that normally. Why would you do that? Because it's an airline. Right. Absolutely. I mean, that's part of the reason we, you know, we, one of the things we do and part of why, well, part of why we do this podcast in the first Mm -hmm. place, but, you know, especially a couple episodes are focused on uh, traveling with your dog in the car, because there's just so many things that even with something that seems as obvious as that, that people just don't think about or that maybe just hadn't occurred to them. So yeah, I can give that insight. I I had to bring, I brought, I brought, I, when I moved from Alaska here in 2000, uh, from Alaska, I moved to Oklahoma city out of Juneau. So I, I had my F-150 pickup truck and a uh, and a, uh, and a and a trailer, uh, uh, you know, a, a U-Haul trailer behind me, and uh, and gosh, you know, it was uh, I there was something I didn't want to put Kingsley through, you know, it was going to be a four or five day trip, and uh, he said, oh, he's a good dog, he was healthy and everything, but it was easier on him to run him to SeaTac Airport. Uh, I got back. I got moved into Oklahoma City. The dog was up at my up at up at uh, basically my ex was watching him for me in Seattle, and I just flew home to Seattle, grabbed him. We flew back together. So he his exposure was oh about about three hours, and then he was done. Versus the five day or four day long road trip where he would be have to be in and out of the truck and all this other stuff. So so I, I maintained. There's absolutely no reason not. Well, there's lots of reasons not to fly your dog. We'll talk about some of those. <laughs> generally, no reason that you shouldn't be able to fly your dog if the conditions are are, are right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, and one of the things, and I and I'll let you cover this, but I think one of the things that is often uh, kind of intimidating for people is that every airline has different rules, 
And yes. it's hard for people, I think, to know, you know, okay, where do I go to find that information? And, uh, you know, very few people fly the same, I mean, you know, some people, some people try with frequent flyer miles and all that, but especially if you're budget flying, you know, you, you fly one airline and then another and then another. Right. Well, so, you know, I, I, you know, the, 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 the overriding big loud ringing bell that you don't hear ringing right now is that thing called common sense. And <laughs> so it's like anything you're going to do, if you're going to move your dog and you've made the decision that you're going to do it by air, you, you have to do the research. And it, it and, and it's, I'll tell you right now, um, uh, you know, everyone asks me, well, would I fly my dog? Okay. I'm thinking about, I got a really good deal on X budget airline. Right. Okay. Right. And, but I would like to take the, you know, I want to take the dog with me. It's, you know, we're going to be gone for a month, uh, Christmas holiday. We're going to fly to New York out of, you know, San Jose. And uh, we got a great deal on X airline. It's a, you know, nice airline, I guess, a budget airline. But would, what would you do? Have you heard anything, you know, in your capacity, either in industry or in government, have you heard of anything bad about Airline X? Is there some reason I shouldn't? Well, fly my dog. And it's like, really? You're asking me that question. I said, first off, first off, do your research, get online. Do, do Some airlines don't handle dogs even. Um, so, so they've chosen to stay away from the potential liability that hauling livestock, if you will, and dogs are livestock in some ways. Uh, they just don't go near it. So, so I'll tell you right now, the big guys will all haul dogs. Okay. So every, major, every major, every major carrier. United, yeah, we're talking the United, the Americans, the Alaskas. Those guys will haul dogs. However, here's here's a, here's another thing to think about. In the summer, uh, quite a few of the airlines will not haul dogs during certain parts of the summer to certain locations. Sure. Phoenix is one of those that's under one of those kinds of kind of almost universally. Because common sense says when it's 120 degrees on the tarmac and there is a one-hour delay on a flight and the baggage carts are sitting out in the sun and your dog happens to be in a kennel in 120 degrees in the baggage cart and somebody forgets the dog is on the baggage cart, you're going to lose the dog. And, and so, so the airlines have had enough of these incidents that they've set some firewalls up. Uh, Alaska, for instance, will it doesn't fly animals in the winters to certain of their northern Alaskan locations for exactly the same reason because of the low temperatures. So so all of these are just kinds of considerations. I've I've gone back through in the last week and looked at all of the major airlines. They all have pet policies. Okay. Yeah. And you can find them on the websites. And just uh, there's no magic button to this thing. Start there. Uh, if you've got a if you've got a uh, if you've got a trip on United Airlines and you're going to be going X to Y, I guarantee United hauls dogs. But like all of the airlines, United has some very specific rules about you know when, where, and how. And sure. so so start with the airline website and then go from there. Um, well, to, to, to jump in real quick, I think a lot of people even under have the misunderstanding that if you're flying with your dog, you could maybe just you know, get a extra seat or something and your dog gets to fly with you or something. They don't think, I don't think most people realize that your dog, if they're flying with you, they're in the, in a kennel in the cargo hold of the airplane. Well, in no, some cases, in not some, all cases. Yeah, most cases. In some cases, a lot, many of the airlines will allow a certain number of animals in the cabin. Okay. 
No, so that's going to be size and breed specific, I'm it, assuming? It, it size, it's size and breed specific. The okay. dog has to be able to be in a carry-on and be able to fit under the seat. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Um, they will not ever, and I say ever, be put into the overhead. Oh, no. No, 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 no. There was an unfortunate incident. Mm-hmm. I won't name name the carrier that happened to where a flight attendant made a terrible mistake. And, and a, uh, I think it was a, uh, gosh, it was a, it was, it a, was bull- a bulldog. It was yeah. a bulldog, yeah. Oh, it was, a, it was, I followed that, yeah. I followed that story. Yeah. It was terrible. The flight attendant ended up mis, misinforming the person mm-hmm. and it was a lawsuit and it was a big mess. So that, that caused that particular airline to actually put a moratorium on flying all dogs for a while until they could retool, uh, what ha- retool their whole, their whole passenger or dog handling system. And, um, and so, Oh, now, now since then, you know, they've come back around and they've started hauling animals again. And but they have a really tightened up their policies about how to do that. So, but yes, many small animals, dogs, are allowed to be in the cabin. But there's usually numbers of num- restrictions on the numbers of animals in the cabin. Um, uh, it used to be for years uh, they would allow one. Uh, an airline based out of Seattle would allow one animal, one dog per cabin so you would have to book that ahead of time and then and then when you if and if you were follow-up like let's say you ran up at the last second to get on the board with your little you know your chihuahua in a carry-on and you've flown with them before well you may be out of luck because there's already a dog in in the cabin oh wow going to be a specific thing that the airlines will specify in their pet hauling policies some of the airlines have separate websites actually for hauling animals other airlines will integrate their pet hauling policy into the kind of the fine, the fine tooth uh, or the fine fine print, if you will, of their website. So, honest to gosh, the easiest way to do this is if you're planning to fly someplace and you've got a ticket and you think you've got a ticket on a specific airline, just go Google specific airlines dog hauling policy and boom, hit enter and see what happens. And I guarantee you, you're going to get the information off the website. And with the exception of service animals, of course, when you have dogs in the cabin that, you know, fit those restrictions and can go under the seat, there's still a fee associated with that, correct? You're almost never flying. It's the airlines. Come on. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's like the price of a human ticket. Yeah. No. Well, no. Uh, uh, let's see. Kingsley cost me. Uh, I brought Kingsley down. Uh, Kingsley, what, 19 months ago. Kingsley cost me, I think it was a. Two, I think it was two hundred dollars. I think to to and he was wow. in he was in baggage. He was baggage. Mm-hmm. Two hundred bucks. So so yeah. I mean, you're not you're not going to get away with this stuff free. You're going mm-hmm. to cabin haul them in the cabin. There's almost always a surcharge. Right. Uh, so uh, you know, I mean, there's yeah. So yes, you can you can haul the dogs in the kennels. Or, I'm sorry, in the cabin. Uh, but there's almost always going to be some kinds of restrictions now. Specific to that, we've talked about. You've, you've talked about it already. There, almost all the airlines now have specific restrictions on certain breeds, and those breeds are going to be the sh- the short snouted dogs. Almost mm-hmm. all. Um, and I'm trying to. Uh, gosh, yeah, I'm trying to remember. I had a list here, and I don't remember where it went. Got the the pugs, the yeah, bulldogs, the bulldogs, the, bull, the, bull yeah. the, the all. Yeah, those guys. Um, and, and they will have all of the airlines have that list 
of restricted dogs they will not haul. If the airline's going to haul a dog, as far as I can tell by doing my research, they all have a list of dogs they won't haul. Okay. okay. And, and so do that, do that research ahead of time. Um, I mean, there's no sense in me telling you who they are and what they are here. Mm-hmm. You're going to need to do this on your own. But right. I tell you, it took me 30 seconds uh, yesterday to, 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 to run through about four airlines and find the list and they're there. So. And, um, and along with that, are there medical restrictions? Like do you, uh, obviously you probably have to, uh, prove vaccinations i mean do they ask for vet records yeah so 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 let's let's look at a let's do it this way let's look at a theoretical haulage of a dog that tom owns okay Okay. i have a dog i'm going to fly from seattle to oklahoma city i have my airline so first off um you want to get familiar with the airline's pet policy so uh so if I know I'm going to be going to Oklahoma City in two months, I'm going to buy a ticket. I'm not having done that yet. First thing I'm going to do is get on. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to look at the airline pet policy. Uh, the restrictions I was talking about for seasonality, weather, locations, um, those are all things you have to consider. Just because an airline hauls dogs doesn't mean I'll say this again. Does not mean they're going to haul dogs to every location they fly all year. There are specific times of the year they will do prohibitions on hauling animals to certain locations. So that's you got to get that figured out first. And that's on the airline pet policy page. Then um, uh, and then now we're just talking domestic now. If you're mm-hmm. talking about hauling international, that brings an additional set of kind of furry, right. you know, hairballs that we'll talk about in a second. <laughs> no pun intended. The big thing here is book early. Okay, if you're going to be if you're going to be flying, you always want to book early. Most airlines are going to only allow a couple of dogs per flight. For instance, most airlines won't you won't ever get on an airplane with six dogs in the belly. They're just not going to do that. So they specifically because dogs are so much dogs and cats, animals are a lot of extra work for the airlines. They really are. Um, In some cases, an unbelievable amount of work. Uh, One of my the former airline I worked for, they, we took our pets really, it was real important. And so there was, there was positive chain of command, letting the dog go through the process, through the baggage systems, down below, onto the carts, onto the airplanes, complete with final notification to the passenger while sitting in the airplane before the door closed that the dog was on the, on the airplane. So really first class service. So uh, not all airlines are going to do that, but the, but the point is, is that um, it's a lot of work for the airline. So that's why they have limitations on the number of animals they're going to haul per flight. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to get ahead of the game, you got to book early. So, um, so and, you know, and you don't go, and another thing is don't buy a ticket and then go try to figure out how you're going to get the dog on board the airplane because you may be really disappointed mm-hmm. and find out that for a variety of reasons the, the, the flight is dog full, if you will, okay? <laughs> So, and that's just making sure, you know, you buy a ticket that says you have a seat on the airplane. Doesn't mean the dog has a seat on the airplane. So, so you got to, you got to check first. You, you, in most cases, you're going to be reserving both your seat, both your seats, his and yours, uh, metaphorically speaking, um, on the same ticket. So a lot of times you can do this with the same agent. Some airlines cargo, their air cargo division handles the dog. And you'll actually be on separate reservations. But Tom, so, it seems like most, most more often than not, you're going to be calling someone to do this. Like you're not going to be able to do this through the through their well, website or whatever, right? Almost, I can't. 
Yeah, no. You're going to end up making a phone call. Okay. So, Good to know. so just as a, as a general rule, be prepared. You're going to need to call that airline and know yes. what, know how many dogs they have on board. Right. And Yes, and, and, and you may yeah. be doing that through the standard reservation line. You may be doing that through a specific PEP phone number, or you may be calling their air cargo division and okay. handling it that way. So uh, it just depends on the airline. So, um, yeah. So next thing, here's another piece of advice. You from a, from a scheduling standpoint, I'm going Oklahoma City. I'm going to Seattle, Oklahoma City. And that is a one-stop direct flight, okay? If, you, if possible, book direct. Yeah. Okay? Avoid, uh, try to avoid uh, uh, multiple stops. Uh, d- travel during the weekday, not the weekends, if you possibly can. Uh, okay. There's, it's just it's a lot less hassle on the weekdays. Traffic tends to be down a little bit. Things are a little bit calmer. Holiday travel with a dog. I'm going to tell you right now, you're just it can be done, but it, it's going to obviously the, the entire system is stressed. Sure. Usually. So, you know, why in good conscience, unless you absolutely have to, why would you want to throw your dog in the middle of the Christmas rush in a crib? Right. You know, right. and uh and so that's these are and all of these things are just little nuggets of advice. Uh, everything I'm saying can be worked around, but again, it depends on how much work you want to put into it and how much information you want to get ahead of time. So um, uh, morning flights are better if you can. Direct morning flights uh, gives the best uh, gives you the best opportunity if there's an equipment failure on the aircraft side, uh, the best chance of swapping over to another airplane. All the freight gets moved, all the, all, the, all the baggage gets moved in one shot. Uh, rather than like a late evening flight, the plane breaks, now what? Well, you got a dog somewhere in the system. Is the dog spending the night? Where? You know, those kinds of things. So morning flights are better. Uh, evening flights are better in the summer. Because it's cooler. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I can see that. Yeah, so if, if you have control over the buying of the ticket and, and, and there's room on the flight, Leaving out of, uh, you know, leaving out of someplace in the summer, Seattle, uh, when it's been 80 in the 80s, it's going to be nicer at five o'clock in the evening on a flight going to Oklahoma City and get in in the evening on the dock. So so the next thing is you asked about the vet. So you are going to need to get a health certificate to fly the animal. That's okay. just. That's this mandatory. Uh, okay. And that's going to be pretty standard within the airline, I assume. It is. And, mo- and almost all vets handle it very cleanly. You just call the vet up and say, hey, we're traveling. I need a health certificate. They'll know right away what to do. Most health certificates are um, good for – it varies by the, the day. The airlines will have some specific rules. Some say 30 days. Others say 10 days. As a general rule, I would say we want to get the dog to the vet for the health certificate within 10 days of, of your scheduled departure. Oh, that's good to know. Good to know. Okay. So, um, and, and, but again, look on the website for right. the specific uh, time requirements. But they're going to need a health certificate. Now, if you're going international, it gets more complicated. Depending on where you're going, there's going to be quarant- potential quarantines. Hawaii uh, has has had in years past i didn't i didn't research this as an update but hawaii had um hawaii had dog quarantine rules for quite a long time years ago i don't know if those are still in place but i know if you're going to a foreign country they're going to have specific uh, quarantine requirements for the dog so uh, and you can usually find that out 
the the internet almost all the big international airlines that fly out of out of the u.s have information on international college of pets so um yeah and you just need to do that you just need to do that research ahead of time just don't expect you're going to be buying a ticket to london and take fido with you uh, we, tom we, can we before you move on i just i kind of got stuck on something you said and i want to go back for a minute um so you mentioned if there are delays and obviously we can kind of help mitigate those possible delays and issues by flying at, you know, certain times of the day and not during the holidays and, and whatnot. But let's say there there is a delay or let's say there's a mechanical issue. Is there someone designated to handle the animals or is it just the air cargo division or how does that is it airline specific because if i'm sitting on a plane or if they let's say they deplane everyone and we're we're back sitting at the gate and we're waiting for you know a new plane to come in how do i know my dog is safe is there someone i can contact will i receive updates just can you walk us through that well so again <laughs> yes <laughs> yes to everything you just said but not necessarily all, but not necessarily universally. Yes. Okay. So again, it's going to depend on the airline and how they handle, and then and how they've chosen to handle dog uh, animals. I guess okay. basically, I, I just don't want to say dogs because there's, uh, believe it or not, hauling rabbits is a big is a big thing on the airlines. Whoa. Uh, yeah. Well, and we just we just found out today that apparently it's all in the news that many horses are now oh, yeah. the, the yeah. thing oh, yeah. to take oh, on the horses, plane and <laughs> horses represent a big big chunk of of uh, revenue to the to the air cargo industry. Wow. Yeah, yeah. They have specific airliners and specific horse carriers built like like a cargo container for a horse. Wow. No, no, so, but I'm talking apparently many oh, horses yeah. as service. like service animals or emotional yeah, support animals. Uh, are now in the news for we're, we're dealing with that one though. <laughs> yeah, we, we saw the article. Someone just yeah, sent it to us today. Out, and we... we being the FAA has just put out policy on that that's that the airlines have kind of been waiting on. Uh mm -hmm. they, they've got to get the service animal, I'm doing air quotes here, or service animal uh <laughs> under control. And yeah. So, yeah. I agree. I think it's yeah. a little out of control right yeah. now. <laughs> so yeah, the days of you sitting having to sit next to the horse are kind of crazy. <laughs> Pretty I mean, cool. hey, I wouldn't mind because he was really cute and he was wearing an outfit and <laughs> he looked like a nice horse. I mean, I personally wouldn't mind it, but I know some people yeah. would. I have I have friends, uh, you know, because I used, you know because I'm from the industry and I, I could tell you some stories that would just it just. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, so because you let one on, you got to let them all on, right? Right, so, right. Slippery slope. I've seen. I've I've looked down an aisle and seen five or six happy dogs on the airplane. You know, and, wow. and you know, and yeah, it's it's uh, really it's crazy. So it's so only there, a matter of time then before it's. What do you mean my emotional support alligator can't come yeah, on the plane? Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, you guys have seen everyone's seen this stuff on the news, but it has reached yeah. a limit now. And and there's just health and safety concerns, and there's the there's the concerns of you know how do you get all of these things off the airplane? How do you get people off the airplane when you have animals? Uh, you know, how do you get them to the emergency exits and and all that stuff? They're all valid safety concerns. It's, yeah. it's uh, you know not just the health issues. So, um, all right. So the the answer to your question, how do the individual airlines handle delays? It, it's going to vary. Um, uh, airline I work for, uh, they have a very specific set of the way they identify the dogs. Uh, very much are tied to the reservation of the person. So 
the, the, if, and if there's a significant delay going on, then the airline operations people are aware of the fact that we've got some animals we're having to deal with. Uh, so, so it's, you know, it's equipment, then it's the people on the airplane re and then it's the, the, the animal life that's in the cargo hold in that order. So they have specific people. Uh, they alert the ramp crews to the fact that we've got two dogs on the plane. We need to get those guys off uh, onto a car and set aside specifically uh, to stand by. And so they'll send somebody out there with the baggage to specifically get the animals and get those guys under positive control. Uh, other airlines don't do that. They just literally handle the dog crate like it's a piece of baggage. And that, wow. and, that and that's not to say that's necessarily bad. It's just that's how they've chosen to do it. And, and you know, you're not going to have, you can ask the questions when you make the reservation. The odds are, if you're talking to a general reservation agent that is handling the dog's reservation like a person, like a human reservation, they may or may not know exactly what happens uh, once you get down to the baggage level, uh, right. each cart level of, of the operation. Uh other airlines, you know, the ones that have cargo services that handle their animals, they, a lot of times those guys will have a lot more information because they handle cargo. That's what they do. Mm -hmm. uh, they handle a lot of animal life as cargo. So so they, they, they may have more information. So there is, I don't mean to kind of dish the question. It's just going to vary by the airline. No, and that's, that's fine. I just worry about, and I think everybody would worry about if there were delays, you know, if, if nobody's handling that animal you know what happens when they have to go to the bathroom let's say it's well, a long delay so so that 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 that's you know that's another thing we need to talk about is preparation for the trip um mm -hmm. you know uh they most of the airlines are cognizant of the fact that an animal can't be left in a crate for 24 hours so that's why there's requirements for specific crate sizes specific accoutrements that go with the crate, such as a water dish mm -hmm. um, and that kind of thing. The water dish has to be attached to the door. Food and water dish have to be attached to the door. That way I can come along as a baggage guy and I can pour water into the water dish for the dog. Oh. Water. Dog can go for days without food, but they suffer without water. So they, so all of the airlines, have, uh, under a lot of years of experience, the airlines are more worried about water, handling water, getting water to the animals than they are about food. Sure. Well, and so, that's good to hear. That makes me feel better. Yeah. yeah. So, so, uh, Kingsley, Kingsley got, got delayed one time, uh, on a flight and he sat for about 11 hours, um, oh. at, at SeaTac airport and, and they, they handled him. They got him inside and they gave him water through the water dish. He didn't get out of the, he, they didn't let him out of the crate. So he, he's a big dog. He's a hundred pounds, but he was in a he was in a big dog crate, the biggest one they allow fly to fly. So he was a little stiff when he got out, but he was fine. I mean, it's no big deal. Um, and and so um, yeah, I guess yeah. So that's that's kind of how it goes. Again, it's going to depend on the airlines. Now, mm -hmm. give you guys, let me give all the listeners a piece of advice here. You can go online and Google this stuff. Okay, who is okay? you know, which airlines kill more dogs.com, you know, that kind of thing. Oh gosh. <laughs> you, can Google, right. you can Google who has the best reputations. You can Google, uh, you know, the advice stuff. There's lots of stuff online about this topic. So, uh, however, once 
once you do that, understand you, you're online and it's the same rules mm -hmm. apply to fake news and everything else that apply to dogs being hauled on airlines. There's a lot of really bad advice online about, about hauling dogs on airlines. A lot of bad, you know, people focusing on the incidents that have happened over the last few years that make the news. The reality is, I looked this statistic up today, it's something like 0.5% I see it's 0.5 fatalities in for every 10,000 dogs hauled. Wow. And now that's, you're, you're talking across the entire airline industry. I mean, it was something like in 2016, we lost 26 animals across the entire system. Um, and that was with thousands and thousands and thousands of dogs hauled. So statistically, it's a really safe way to ship an animal. Yeah, um, I mean, like air travel in general, if a, you know, well, the safest is. way to travel. But if a plane crashes, yeah. it makes all the news. Well, the, yeah. And it's the same thing. You, a dog, poor dog gets stuffed into the overhead by some idiot flight attendant and it's all over the news. And that's what people remember. Um, but, you know, I would not hesitate at all. Again, I do fly my dogs when when it makes sense. So, you know, come on, just common sense again and do your due diligence. Get online. Find out which airlines have the best reputation. I'm not going to direct you to the, to where to do that at. Everyone listening is, if they're listening to this podcast, they're smart enough to run the internet. That means they're smart enough <laughs> Very true. To, to do the research on their own on which which airlines have a better reputation. Okay. I, I would like to assume, and I, I imagine you're not in a place that you can maybe talk about this being a federal employee and all, an FAA employee, but I would personally imagine that. I would try to avoid budget airlines and traveling with my dog just based on experiences I've had personally. You know, if, if, if they're trying to get you to and from as cheaply as possible, bringing your pet on that airline is probably not the way to go. Right. Well, yeah, and I'm not beating up on budget airlines. It, it all has to do with the amount of staff. I mean, my former carrier, um, uh, they, they, they expend the resources necessary to do this extra stuff. Uh, to you know, and and they they see hauling dogs as a revenue source, mm -hmm. so so they're 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 competing on a uh, they're competing on kind of a uh, uh, well I'll give you a perfect example just announced the other day uh, uh, Delta I'll just say it because this is a news release uh, uh -huh. not my opinion I'm giving you news Delta announced uh, it's called golly gee it's called uh, Actually, I sent you guys a picture of the thing. Um, oh, the crate, yeah. The, the, yeah. Oh, yeah, we saw that. That is their premium dog. They've rolled out this premium dog hauling service that's based on a specially designed eight hundred and fifty dollar dog crate that has it's got it's insulated. It's the it's care got, pod. Sorry, it's I found the photo. Pod, the care, the pod. care pod, the Delta care pod, and and so and with the care pod comes this like executive halt you know service for the dog so that's an example of the airlines using their 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 marketing brains and taking something that's happening anyway and and giving them an ability to make a better revenue source out of it so now now you have options you know you can do that if you want or if you don't want to spend the money delta standard uh haulage animal haulage stuff's pretty good 
you know, it's this, good. I mean, this looks pretty, yeah. you know, Delta, Delta smart. I have to say this is, this looks pretty cool and people will buy this. I just, I, I know, I mean, people yeah. care so much about their animals. It has a hydration station yeah. built in. We're looking at the picture right now. Yeah. It's got GPS tracking. I mean, it gives people <laughs> peace of mind. But wait, my, the, the question I have here though, is for that money, is that to rent this thing or is that to own this thing? You know, I, I, you know, I was, I think, I think you own it. I think you own it. I think you better for that much. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe that's the price of the haulage. I mean, that would be more than a ticket, first class ticket, probably most places. But, but the point is, the point is, is the, the airline industries, these guys, you know, I mean, I've been in this business a long time and, you know, there's nothing, there's not a better bigger group of people to figure out how to wring money out of everybody than the airline. <laughs> so, so what's going to happen now is, is that now that Delta's done it, Americans going to do it. And now that Americans yep. do it, you know, and on and on and on down. So now you, these guys are all going to start competing for these dog dollars. And, yep. uh, and, and it's only good for us because it's going to make, it's going to make, uh, it's going to make the whole thing better. We're going to compete for the better experience yeah. for the customer. Yeah. Which, so they, you know, it makes it funny. You said a minute ago or earlier on that, you know, in the last five years, there's been more and more of these stories about dogs and travel and airplanes and all this, which makes total sense because within the fi last five years-ish, dogs have become such, so much more of a, a part of our lives instead of just well, that well, pet have, that you keep in the yard. Yeah. Now they're family members. Yeah. Statistically, though, there hasn't been like a big giant increase in dog fatalities. It's just, I'll be honest with you, prior to kind of the internet age and stuff just wasn't reported very much. Mm -hmm. And so, so, you know, it's like anything it's, it's uh, the airlines, you know, the airlines can beat somebody up, you know, on a flight and that'll make news. That'll make the news cycle for one or two cycles. But man, you, you, you take a dog out, somebody's family member and man, you're doomed at that point. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's hanging around your neck for a long time. And the airlines are smart and they know that. So uh, they, they're most of the airlines I am familiar with, uh, are doing a much more uh, are being much more responsible about how they interact with the animals now. Um, and some of the airlines are fantastic. Others are okay. Others I wouldn't put my dog on. And so um, and and so I don't want to say budget airlines because I don't want to pigeonhole those guys. But uh, sure. again, common sense. Just use your use your common sense and get online and do the research. And I, I can guarantee you, I just did it. You'll figure it out pretty quick on mm -hmm. who you're going to fly with. Now, let, so I got a couple more tips here. The veterinarian, we talked a little bit about that. You got to have a health certificate before you fly. You're going to need to get a carrier. And we're talking about a kennel. Um, and we're not talking about the kennel that you park Fido in at night, unless you happen to have a, a one of those kennels that's what you're using but whether you've got a big dog or a little dog there's a pet carrier that's going to match its size so they come in all sorts of different sizes you can google this stuff i'm a hard-sided guy carrier but they but especially the ones that are you, you take into the cabin those will be soft-sided um for like the chihuahuas and stuff and they're designed to fit under the seat that kind of stuff um and and so the rest of this dog size thing Here's here's where we come into issues with with crates with kennels. They have to be big enough for the dog. So here's what happens: you, 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 especially with the folks that have bigger dogs, you, you don't you know it's like well, I don't know. It's a giant crate, and does he really need to be in a giant crate? He can get in that like large crate pretty good. He fits in there. It's only going to be in there for three hours. Well, the reality is some of the airlines have they'll check. 
most of the airlines will check the dog when he comes to the airport. So do dogs almost universally have to be big enough for the dog to stand in, turn around, and lie down comfortably. And that's okay. kind of the golden rule. And in in uh, in the case of Kingsley, uh, that particular airline's requirement was that his shoulders could could not touch the top of the kennel. His head could, but his shoulders could not touch the roof of the kennel. So in other words, he he could get in there, stand up, bend his head a little bit, and be able to turn around in the kennel comfortably. And that, that allowed him to fly. So, however, here's the caveat. While he was able to fly on all of the mainline airlines, uh, we'll just, I'll say who it is. It's Alaska Airlines and Horizon Air, right? They're all mm -hmm. part of Ala their Alaska Air Group. So Alaska Airlines owns Horizon. It's held through, through a joint uh, ownership company. So, I've flown Kingsley all over Alaska on Alaska mainline service in a, in a, in a large kennel. And so I just assume coming to Oklahoma city that he's going on a, an E an EMB one, a 190 or 175, which is kind of a mini 737. I just assumed he, his kennel that I owned would fit. Well, guess what? The kennel was too big for the airplane. They huh. don't take the big full size kennels on this air on this. Oh, wow. So I had to, and he had a little extra room on his big kennel. So last minute, I had to go purchase one size down, get Kingsley into this kennel, take him to the airport before I did the flight to have them inspect Kingsley and the, and the kennel and make sure they would sign off on him going into this slightly smaller kennel. And they did. Um, he barely met the minimum. It's kind of like getting on the getting on Splash Mountain at Disneyland. You know, he just came fine, <laughs> but they let him go. But that is a consideration. Not all, not all of the airlines are going to take the full giant size kennel, which may be a requirement of your dog. In other words, if you're flying a Great Pyrenees uh, or a Dane, uh, you know, check ahead before you before you think in your hauling dog. They may not be able to haul. They may able may not be able to take him as baggage. He may have to be. He may have to be cargo. Um, so. That's just, 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 I'm passing that on because that was an experience that I had. No, that's great. That's a great tip. Yeah. Uh, the funny part about that story is, is that Kingsley didn't like the slightly smaller kennel and he's a red bone coonhound and he's a, <laughs> coon with a very big voice and he load, they loaded him on that airplane. I saw him go up the conveyor belt into the, into the belly of the airplane. And I got on the airplane for the flight to Oklahoma city. Guess where he, they parked the kennel, uh, unannoyingly directly under my seat. So he made his unhappiness very well known about halfway across the United States. <laughs> oh, so that's funny. Everyone, everyone is listening to him howling in the in the cargo hold. Oh. And a bane, his bane in the cargo hold. And everyone's looking around, and I'm looking around going, I wonder whose dog that is. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't sound happy, though, does he? So, it was, that's a funny story. Um, okay, so you're going to need to buy a carrier. Now, the airlines have specific size requirements. I'll just say that. We can, we can move on from this topic. Specific size requirements um, uh, are going to be listed on the websites, and and some of them are labeled like A, B, C, D kennels, that kind of stuff. Other ones have dimensional requirements that usually will match up. Like a D kennel is some certain inches high, long, and wide, um, or they may not list the letter; they may just list the dimensions. Those dimensions will almost always universally fit a kennel that you can buy, like from Amazon or Petco, that kind of stuff. Um, 
So uh, what else? Um, IDs, that's another one. So you got to label the kennel, okay? You got to put your dog's information on. And what I suggest everyone do is they get a, like a glass dean envelope uh, and they put a copy of the health certificate, all of this locational information, all your information, home address, phone numbers, uh, anybody they can, anybody you can reach uh, if there's an emergency or if it gets lost during the trip. Um, uh, you know, uh, you also want to travel with a photograph of the dog. And here's why I say that. Um, there have been instances when dogs have gotten out of kennels at airports and then decided that they really liked where they were and then they left the airport boundaries. So oh, now no. they're out running around the neighborhood, around the airport, uh, and that's when having a photograph of the dog comes in really handy. Oh, sure. So, sure. Um, let's see what else. Uh, so, yeah, okay. Um, now, last thing is, uh, well, not last thing, but dogs in kennels. If the dog has never been in a kennel, the last time, the first thing you want to do is not shove the dog in the kennel an hour before you're supposed to show up at the airport with the dog. So, so you want to put, start conditioning them. Yeah, week out, you know, throw treats into the kennel, get the dog used to, you know, leave the kennel door open, get the dog in and out of the kennel, so he's used to being in and out of the kennel. A uh, couple weeks prior to trip is what I would recommend you do. Um, and then, I too, like if there's a blanket or a bed or something that the dog sleeps on a lot that they're comfortable with, it yeah, helps something to that that smells like the, home. Yeah, yeah something, something that kind of makes them comfortable. Get their favorite little blanket. Kingsley had a little. Kingsley had a little. Uh, I call it his bite pillow. Kingsley had a bite pillow that always went with him. Um, and then, uh, you know, and and something absorbent pad kind of stuff in the bottom of the kennel. If he does have to pee, then uh, then you know that'll that'll pick it up. Um, and then the big thing is day of travel. Uh, you want them, you don't want the dog full of food. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, so you want to try to limit their food intake to, to the night prior. So, you know, at some point the day prior, kind of cut him off. Uh, make sure he has as much water as he needs, uh, but he should have an empty dish well before he checks in. Okay. Um, because what will happen is you just loaded the dog up for failure, you know. Yeah. If there's any kind of a delay, um, you know, what's he going to do? He's going to have to go in a crate, and then that just stresses the hell out of the dogs. Mm -hmm. so, so, so just think about that. Try to limit food intake to the night prior, uh, and then just water during the morning, um, you know, when, until you get to the airport. So, so speaking, uh, and, speaking and he, of, he, oh no, go ahead. Well, I was going to say water. He can have water right up to the time he departs for the flight. Oh, that's good. Good to know. Um, speaking of going to the bathroom, um, we did put out a little uh, a link to an article. This was last year just because we had had so many questions. Um, and I just want to verify that this is true, that federal regulation requires airports that service more than 10,000 passengers a year to establish at least one pet relief area inside each terminal. Yes. So is that true? Yes. Okay, awesome. So people can really prep ahead of time, like with limiting the, the food and water intake, but also being able to allow their... While in the terminal. Yeah, while there, because let's say you get delayed. Let's say you're you're traveling with your dog in the little carrier. You know, you have a small dog, obviously small bladder. So let's say you get delayed, your dog's right there with you. You can go to the pet relief area. And I've seen them. Like I was in Vegas last year and I saw it. It's really neat. Yeah. Um, so you just have to be able to locate that in your terminal. 
Right. And it, and it usually on, you know, usually on the websites, that kind of stuff, uh, you know, the airport websites, you can just or just Google like Atlanta pet relief areas mm-hmm. like it has one uh, as one, you know, you know, how Atlanta's design has got two terminals at either end. So mm-hmm. it's got two, two of those at either end. Um, some of them actually are kind of creative. A lot of them get kind of fancy. I've, they, a lot of them have like modern artwork in them, like dog artwork. That's yeah. I've kind of gotten into a habit now, weirdly enough, that I'll, sometimes I'll go find the dog area just to see what kind of art. <laughs> I did that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's neat. It's kind of cool. So, so yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, and, uh, and, and having, talking about arriving at the airport, you always want to think early. Okay. Don't, don't rush like, you know, 20 minutes prior to boarding kind of stuff is not going to work. Okay. So uh, you want to get there early, but a lot of airlines have restrictions on how early you can check the dog in for obvious reasons. They don't want to be babysitting the dog any longer than it's necessary. So it kind of depends on, uh, it kind of depends on the airline, but you want to check on their, on their websites, but most airlines won't let you check in for more than four hours before the flight. However, they almost all recommend a two-hour prior to departure arrival to process the dog. Some some airlines, depending on the terminals, they handle it differently. Some airlines, you have to go to air cargo to check the dog in. Some some airlines, if you're checking in at the terminal, uh, they'll, they'll check you in at a different part of the terminal than like the main counter. Um, uh, at SeaTac Airport, there's actually a... Uh, a dog check-in area uh, that, that the airlines use that has that's TS, TSA is there, so TSA mans this thing. You bring the dog in your like you know dogs on the leash, kennels on the cart. You go into this, you can check in at the counter. They check you all in, and they point across to this thing and say, "Go over there," and they'll handle you. And you take the dog and everything over there. You go into this area, and then in this enclosed area, they will wand the crate, wand the dog. Uh, <laughs> Check everything, make sure it's cool, uh, make sure there's no paraphernalia. Then the dog, you put the dog in the crate while they watch you do this, and then they will zip tie the uh, crate door closed. Um, now, bring zip ties, okay? Oh. Universal Tom rule, bring <laughs> zip ties. And we're talking zip ties that are able to zip tie the door of the kennel to the crate closed. And, and, and not all the airlines provide the zip ties, okay? So um, they should, but they, some of them don't, they, or they run out, or I, I've had a, a couple of different things. So I learned the hard way, bring zip ties. So hey, uh, I'm sorry, Tom, I'm going to jump in real quick. I just want to tell you, um, I did a little looking around while we were chatting, too, uh, about the CarePod. Yeah. Um, it looks like that's a rental, a one-way rental <gasps> price. So eight fifty one way for the crate no uh, way. To, to take your animal, yeah. Well, that's good you to know. know. They're going to make so much money on that. They're going to sell out. Oh, my gosh. I bet you they sell out with that. Oh, I'm sure. Wow. Yeah. For 850 bucks, would I put Kingsley in a care pod? Depending on where I was going, I probably would. So, you know, it's a a cool deal. And it's going to be interesting to see how all the other airlines respond to that. So, uh, and I'm good with it. You know, what the hey, let's do a little bit of a cold war with each other with the airlines. I mean, it's about time, right? So. So let's see what else is on my list here. Uh, we talked about arriving early. Oh, dog drugs. Um, there's a, a lot of oh, you you look online and you'll see people. Oh yeah, you know, sedate your dog if your dog mm-hmm. is if your dog is that. The sure, current sure. thinking now is you don't drug your dog. 
don't dr don't drug your dog. Don't give him a sedative. And this this is coming out of the American Veterinary Medical Association. Okay. In general, or specific to airline in travel. In general, dogs should not be sedated or tranquilized before they're going to go fly. Okay. okay. In general, and why there's uh, they're beginning to see a history. Some of these dog deaths have been associated have been associated with animals that have had tranquilizers or sedatives prior to flying. Oh, wow. So they can't point fingers, of course, but but uh, they they worried about respiratory and heart issues associated with these dogs. You know, when now, you know, let's talk mechanically what happens with a dog when it gets onto an airliner. Uh, the, the cargo holes of these airliners are pressurized and they're heated. Unless there's an emergency. Okay, and and, uh -huh. and heat heat heat. Set, depending on the configuration of the airplane, the way the pressurization system works on these airplanes, some of them pull air. Uh, just thermos bottle. Uh, an airliner is like a, 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 an aircraft that's pressurized like an is like a thermos bottle. It's got a controlled leak out of one end. It pump air in one end and it leaks out the back end, or however the configuration is. So, with that said, when you divide out the inside of this thermos bottle sections the lower sections where the cargo holes are they're sharing the same heated air as the passengers are but not always and some airliners have the that pilots have the ability to shut down the heat in the in the cargo areas and i won't go into all the technical details but that has been the reason and the result of that has been dogs that have died in the cargo hole that they froze basically uh now that's very 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 rare and and is almost associated with an emergency situation. So, um, with that said, they don't want the, the vets have said that these drugs complicate the fact that the pressurization system is in effect. The pressure, the altitude pressure in the cabin is going to go up. Uh -huh. Just yeah, everyone knows this. That's why your ears pop, right? So, an, an airliner, a typical Boeing, for instance, at thirty thousand feet or thirty-five thousand feet. Will have a cabin pressurization of, let's say, six thousand feet. So, so you've climbed the cabin has climbed up to six thousand feet. Now, if your dog is sedated in the cargo hold, it may have issues with that rapid altitude climb to six thousand feet. Uh, the same way you would have if you put him in an elevator and punched two thousand, you know, goes <laughs> right. And so that's kind of the thinking. Um, there's also issues with equilibrium and and uh, anyway they just they advise now this is at an advisory that the dog not be sedated. I, I don't know I, I don't think any of the airlines are gonna would say anything about if your dog is sedated except with the exception that if the dog is sedated and is crapped out when he gets to the airport, that might be an issue. In other words, if you can't get the dog up to walk around because he's been drugged up, some of the airlines aren't going to take the dog. Oh, the dog, yeah, that's, that's the dog's a good point. Got to be functionally alive, yeah, and bright and licky and all this other stuff. And if but you got your dog, like a, I'm sorry, it, it seems like the potential for health um, risks outweigh the anxiety the dog would mm -hmm. suffer from. Well, that's the general know. thinking now. Now it wasn't always like that. I mean, there's I can remember not very long ago you check the you, you know you check the airline website and they say, well, if you have a dog that's you know I consider you know, sedation or something or a tranquilizer. So, but that, that thinking has changed. So mm, that's uh, good to know. So just FYI, uh, that's another reason to use common sense. If you have a dog that is so high strung 
that he, the puppy's a mess, you know, are you going to really want to expose yeah. it to this thing that you're about to do? Well, so, and I would, I would just advise to our listeners to, you know, every dog's different and you know your dog and your vet knows your dog. So I would advise them to, when you go and get that health certificate, have that conversation with the vet. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, yeah. So what else can we talk about here? Uh, I've, I'm just running down my little notes that I made. Um, so, you know, packing list, uh, stuff, bring, you know, you're going to be on a, You're going to be doing fly in, you know, bring the, get a favorite toy or blanket for the crate. We talked about that. Uh, w- food and water dishes are a requirement for most of the airlines. And most okay. of the crates are designed for the, you've seen them with the, the little plastic dishes that go in the, the wireframe doors. Yep. So, those are those are requirements for most that bring bottled water if if you think you're going to be a delay or there's going to be a period of time prior to boarding the animal uh give him some water before you get you shove him in the crate and shove him down the baggage belt um paper towels uh pet wipes uh spare collar with id tag uh could be handy uh any special medication don't forget your dog's meds for god's sakes um, <laughs> Uh, and don't forget your own meds either. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is just general travel stuff. I'm sure you guys have covered this mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Well, like Most I said in the, the stuff, in the in the you know the last episode, I think it was you know also do the research about where you're going and know where the local vet is or emergency right. vet or whatever, so that you know what what situation you're taking your pet into. Yeah, exactly. Now, and when you get to the and when you get to your destination, what's going to happen? You know, where do you pick the dog up? Is the dog, a lot of times the airlines will have a specific door that they exit the dogs out of in their crates. It may not be most airlines, most, I've <laughs> seen others that don't do this, will not shove the dog on the conveyor belt to go up to the carousel, right? They'll have a door behind the carousel that they open up. And most of the time it's the oversized baggage door, like skis, uh, musical instruments and stuff will come out that door most of the time that's where the dog's going to come out but you want to check with when you get to your arrival a destination you want to check with one of the arrival agents and say where you know where in baggage claim to the where the animals come out at um and then when you get the animal there for gosh sakes take them out of the crate yeah it's okay to take them out of the crate in the airport baggage area that's what the leash is for that you're carrying in your purse so get the dog out give them some water uh, be prepared for some piddle, um, yeah. you know, and just and uh, and then let them walk around a couple minutes, and then uh, and then you know if you do need to put them back in the crate, put the crate onto a cart to get them to the parking garage, then that's fine too. But but let the poor guy out of the crate uh, as soon as you can. Um, and the, no one, none of the airports are going to bark at you huh, for doing that. Uh, it, it, you know, for letting the dog out and baggage. <laughs> just don't let them run around. It's the idea is to get them on and let them go out. Uh, let them get out of the crate and stretch the legs for a couple minutes. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so, gosh, uh, what else? Uh, I guess that's kind of it on my, that's kind of it on my, on my, my list. Do this for me, if you don't mind, uh, Tom, if you wouldn't mind, just go through your list real quick and just kind of give us a recap of your, of your main points of, of advice. Okay. So, um, we're going to fly with the airlines. We're going to take my dog. Okay, let's go take Fido to Missouri this winter. Well, that's not going to work. Why? Because I checked with the airline's pet policy website. So airline, go to the airline you're planning to fly on before you do any purchase of any tickets. Do the research on the airline. 
find out what, when, where, and how on hauling the dogs. Yep. Um, they're all pretty good giving the information out. Um, Let's well, say first and foremost, like just do your research is far and away the most yeah, important note you can give anybody. Especially, you know, if you've never done this before, the, you know, it, it, the angst and anxiety of this stuff is going to go down once you do it once. So, so book early. That's number one. Okay, as early as possible. Uh, try to be cognizant of the seasonality of these locations. If you're planning to haul the dog to Vegas in the summer, you may have some problems doing that. Conversely, you're planning to haul the dog to Minneapolis in December, you may have some problems. Right. So, uh, fly, remember, try to fly direct if you can. Uh, remember, you, you've got to get a vet certificate before you travel. That's 10 days most of the time. Some will allow a little longer, but it's got to be within 10 days of travel usually. Uh, get your dog kennel carrier figured out well ahead of time. Follow the advice of the airline website. They'll tell you what size kennel you're going to need for your dog. Buy the kennel. Uh, practice with the dog in the kennel a couple of weeks prior to travel so the dog is comfortable being in the kennel. Worst thing in the world, I've seen many dogs that are just terrified, not because they're going on an airline, because all of a sudden they're shoved in this little box. that They're not used to that, yeah. Yeah, and that's just cruel. So... Um, uh, if you know, you've crate trained your dog, and a lot of people should because it's a good way to train your dog, then it becomes very comfortable for them. Like Stella has no problem going into her crate because it's like right. it's a exactly. safe place for her. Exactly. Now, ID the heck out of the crate. Yep. Uh, have a specific set of indestructible ID on the crate. Now, I'm talking about a permanent marker on the crate with data your name, your address, your phone number, the dog's name. I had a plastic tab I actually built uh, that was hardwired onto the front of the crate that had a little, hi, my name is Kingsley. I am a, I am a, a 12-year-old uh, American Red Bone Coonhound. I am really friendly. Um, and, you know, and I, that was actually, and it was a picture of Kingsley on that little cart, and I was laminated and attached permanently to the front of the crate. I would see the ground handling guys. They would just get I, like the last time he came down. I had five guys, ramp guys, all around Kingsley's front crate, and they were just looking in. You know, they were sticking their hands in the crate, but they shouldn't have been doing. They were dumb doing that. But he's super. Heck out of them, you know. So, but all this because if you do that, that makes a connection for their baggage handler handling the dog. Yep. If he knows, if the baggage handler can see the name of the dog. It just personalizes the whole process for the baggage handler. Hence, the dog may just get slightly better treatment. I know that sounds really, that's a trick, though. So identify. No, that's great. And I think I, from what I've seen, too, if you know a dog's name, but you, when you call a dog, if the dog even doesn't know you and you call it by name, it puts the dog a bit more at ease. Exactly. Exactly. So ID, ID the heck out of the crate. Um, and then, uh, okay, so we talked about that. Oh, big one here. Do not travel with your dog unless the dog is chipped. Yeah. Oh, for that's sure. good. Yeah. And and the chip is updated. Yep. Current updated information like Avid or whoever you're doing your chip with, <laughs> make sure the poor chip is updated. Yeah, so, that's and that's good just for any travel. We've talked about that too, just with you know, car travel. You never know what might happen. Right. Because many dogs, many dogs have gotten out of the crates. Um, by the way, the history of the why do we zip tie crates closed now, 
is because of this. So they haven't invented a crate yet with the most fancy lock that won't pop open in Atlanta in the summer with a dog in it. And it's just weird. It's always in Atlanta. And the dog runs in, of course, uh -huh. the 42-square-mile airport. The dog's having a heyday. So with with the chip, at least when the dog gets picked up by locals, um, they'll know who, they, who you go to. So chip the dog. Uh, uh, don't feed the dog the day of. Try to finish him out the night before for food. Give him water up until the time you, you put the dog in the crate at the airline. Uh, uh, arrive early at the airport. Uh, two hours, I would recommend. Uh, don't drug your dog unless there's some extenuating circumstances and your vet's part of that discussion. Um, and then when you finally get there, make sure you let the poor dog out of the crate. Don't put, don't give him another three hours in the crate because it's just more convenient. For sure. Uh, and then I guess that's kind of, that's all I got here. So that's what a great, that's what a great, great list on this great yeah. insight. Do you yeah. now, do you have just personally speaking, a favorite airline that you travel with your dogs? I do. Can you say? No. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I have to ask. Oh, okay. We'll ask you. We'll ask you later uh, off the record for our own personal I, information. I travel without worrying about my dogs on a Seattle-based airline. Copy that. Okay. Good so, to know. That's just no, me. But man, that is that is a honestly a lot of really good information, and I think as much as we could possibly ask for. Oh, absolutely. Considering that the rules and the specifications yeah. change yeah. for airline to airline. Let me say one thing. Having said that. Kingsley and Pilot both have traveled on all, let's see, United Delta, Alaska, um, yeah, so so the boys have been on all of the four big major guys, including Alaska, Alaska's not in that top four, but the, so all of the big guys have always handled my dogs really well. Okay. So, so, but again, you're worried about the reputation of the airline. Trust me, just just look online because there's all sorts of uh, lots of cool websites and stuff that uh, you know that uh, you know. Can I? Can I? Can I? Am I allowed to give you a website that I? Can yeah, yeah sure. Okay, uh, very very good website called bringfido.com. You guys may have. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah, we've mentioned that. bringfido before. Okay, yep. bringfido. They they. They're really concise. They do a really good job. Uh, so between the resources you find online and absolutely, now do yourself a favor. Don't depend on external resources to tell you what's going on with a particular airline. You have to go to that airline's website and get that airline-specific pet policies because this, these things change rapidly. And a lot of times the external websites, as well-meaning as they are, they're not picking up the change information. So, uh, so, so whatever you do, start with the airlines information first, and then go out from there. Okay. Great advice. Hopefully, have fun flying with your dog. Yeah. Yeah, and hopefully, this gives everyone peace of mind. I know I would be a nervous wreck. Oh God! We have to definitely drug you. Yeah, I think <laughs> I would need. To, I would need to yeah. be sedated, but I, this would definitely help ease my mind and get me to a place where I can actually think about traveling on a plane with a dog but also i have i have two smushy face dogs that would never ever be on a plane so well, yeah see and that's yeah there it is and that that's uh you know it, yeah you just you know again it's research just know no you know yeah. in his power and and i'll tell you the airlines genuinely try to do the best job they can with your with your dog or your cat or your rabbit mm -hmm. 
or your, your mini, mini horse. horse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so just you know, yeah, and just don't be afraid of flying with your dogs. There's no reason to be. So that's great. Good to hear. Thank Tom, you, Tom. And, uh, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time and all yeah, your insight do. and advice. It's really awesome. All right. And well, so we right. want to say thank you to you. Uh, thank you to my buddy Lynn Sloper for connecting us. And um, yeah, this is it's been really, really, really yeah, useful. Yeah, it's been great. Thank, thank you for what you do. You've got a great podcast. Um, you got a new fan here, so uh, keep up. Oh, thank you. All right, we'll talk to you guys later. All right, thanks, Tom. Take care, Tom. All right, so a lot of really great information there. Thank you very much again to Tom for all that really useful knowledge. Yeah, that was great. I think we all feel pretty comfortable starting that process of researching air travel with your dog. Yeah, seems daunting, I'm sure. But like you said, once you do it, it's going to get a lot more comfortable. Just make sure that you keep in mind that every air um, airline is specific to what they allow mm-hmm. and don't allow and how their process works. So Bottom line is do your research. Exactly. And that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Again, please uh, check us out on social media. We're at Have Dog Will Travel Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and HDWT Podcast on Twitter. We're also going to repost this list that Tom gave us on our social media, so you can uh, check that list there. I think that's it. So just remember, if you want to take your dog on a trip, but you're worried it could all unravel. Just listen to us. Have Dog Will Travel. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.